This is the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan-Nathan and Peter Gowers. Thanks to Ward Keller, the Territory Law Firm. Hi, this is Leon Logan-Nathan. Welcome to the Territory Story Podcast. Uh, With me today from Melbourne, um, we'll just start sign off, is Peter Gowers in isolation. How are you, Pete? Hello there. How are you, mate? How you going, buddy? <laughs> I threw you off, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> We've, we're sort of specialising in this now, aren't we? So we can drop each other in it. Uh, good job, mate. Good job. <laughs> well, um, our uh, well, first of all, I should probably ask you, mate, how are you doing? What's happening down there? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Oh, yeah, look, as you said, I'm outside of Melbourne, so not dealing with the craziness that's happening in the cities. Uh, although, originally being from Melbourne, very disappointed to see our uh, compatriots on St Kilda Beach earning themselves just as much of a bad name as the Bondi Beach people did the week before. Uh, but no, mate, I'm all good. We're, we're an hour or so from Melbourne. No craziness at the supermarkets. I, I did see a fella walk in and out the other day with a full-on gas mask. Uh, but, <laughs> I actually, he thought I, he was in World War One, did he? <laughs> I, I actually had to take a photo of it. I literally was, I was quite shocked. And the, the irony was he had like an industrial grade gas mask oh and he was wearing gosh. a pair of rubber washing up gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about your St. Kilda Beach comment and I thought to myself, well, you know what? I haven't seen anybody on the beach in Darwin, and you wouldn't in any event, because if the virus didn't kill you, the jellyfish sure as hell would, and it would be far more painful. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the great irony, isn't it? That um, we can't judge the territorial behaviour by how many people are enjoying themselves on the beach or not on a Saturday afternoon, because they're very few and far between, even at the best time of year. That's right. That's right. So um, I'm very happy, uh, we are actually very happy to introduce to you our guest for the podcast today. Uh, His name is Cruz Ignatius and he is the Principal Consultant with Creative Down Under. Welcome to the podcast, Cruz. Thank you so much, Leon. Really grateful to be here. Right, right. Have you you heard this podcast before or how, how did you get to find us? Yeah, so I have heard a couple actually. So a mate of mine who's Ollie Burst was on the show and a few others, uh, too many to name. And more recently, Darren Lynch. Oh, has, yes, uh, yes. He, so yes, I have heard about uh, this podcast from more than one person in Darwin. Right, right. And so we, we have not come across you before and, and thank you for reaching out through us, uh, to us through LinkedIn. What, um, what's your background, Cruz? Where, where were you born? Sure. So I was born in the subcontinent in South India, but spent all my life outside it. So I grew up and was raised in a country called Oman in the Middle East. That's where mom and dad spent uh, a good three decades, or actually a little over three decades. And uh, shortly after graduation, I moved to Dubai, where I was based for a good decade and a half, where I worked in the genres of advertising and marketing, right from the uh, grassroots at the ad agency to later heading the ad agency, and a few years later moving client side to heading marketing for a multinational uh, for the markets across Europe, Middle East, and Asia. And so I came to the territory in uh, May 2018 with my family, 
And yeah, since then, I have been a marketing consultant uh, for startups, small businesses, and more recently, a few government entities. Right, right. And so what brought you to Darwin? Uh, yeah, so while career was going north, the last job I had uh, uh, being based off Dubai took me some time doing the peak to three countries uh, a week, which uh, right across Europe, Middle East and Asia. So uh, and between 18 hour shifts a day sometimes uh, to traveling and scouting the globe aggressively. Korea was going north, but not so much on the personal side. We had a miracle child. Uh, she's five now. Her name is Faith. And uh, I would never see Faith. You know, there was a time I was praying for a child because we couldn't conceive. And then when we did, I would not see her. So I knew that career and lifestyle was not going to be sustainable for too long. And we applied. And when we applied to move to Australia, we got accepted into Darwin. And you're like, great, where is Darwin? And uh, in the previous years, we've obviously traveled to other parts of Australia. We've been to, you know, where Peter's currently at in Melbourne. We've been to Queensland. We've been to Perth, Adelaide, just about everywhere, but Darwin. So we made a visit here a year before moving. That's in 2017. I fell in love with the place. I knew I was going to hurt a bit for work, but <laughs> yes, we instantly fell in love with the place. And I think I've spent more time with my daughter in the last couple of years now, and even with my wife, than I did in the last five. So. Truly grateful. Leon, that little bit at the end there, that needs to be wrapped up. In fact, Cruz, you can do it because you've got the skills better than we do. That little bit needs to be wrapped up and sent to the Northern Territory government because that is the answer to why people should move to the Northern Territory. There's, there's really nothing more we need to say. Well, I, 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 did, I did note that Cruz started his answer there with that magical word starting with D. So I thought that would be your segue uh, into that. Mate, <laughs> let me tell you, we are just about, we are just about to rewind. Trust me. <laughs> so Cruz, let me tell you a story. Shit. I've had that, I've had that experience several times uh, with jobs inside my own country when I got a job and had to go and check on the map where the hell it was. One. Um, <laughs> So which, which ad agencies were you with in Dubai? So I started off at an ad agency that was called AdLab. It got uh, bought over by a Middle Eastern multinational called the Kanu Group, and it became mm -hmm. the in-house marketing agency. It later got renamed to uh, Big Fish, and we had joint venture partners, Fisher Productions in the UK, and uh, with partners from quintessentially in uh, Europe as well. So we had a kind of consortium body uh, that kind mm -hmm. of took over Big Fish. And yes, later moved client side. Okay. So I was the um, program controller for the Channel 4 media network for, for a couple of years at, in the early 2000s. Uh, and then I was with the Sharaf group uh, in, in, on the property side. Uh, of course, you'd know Sharaf DG and yep. you know, there are a million other brands. But let me tell you, I don't even want to talk about Dubai right now. When I, when I was at Channel 4, um, we were lucky enough, myself and, and one of my colleagues, uh, to be uh, flown to Muscat, uh, courtesy of the Omani Tourist Commission. And uh, we stayed at the Alberston uh, Ratana down there on, on the beach. Um, now, having lived in Dubai for a couple of years at that stage, which we all know is famous for its buildings and, you know, the awful traffic and, you know, it's, it's frantic. Um, 
it was just amazing to land in Muscat and see so close geographically, but so far away in terms of its relaxed, beautiful lifestyle, its Omanization scheme, uh, just the magnificent landscape, which is, you know, built out, you can tell it better than me, but built out of what seems to be volcanic rocks and just an amazing place. So you grew up there for decades, you said. Mum and dad were, were there for over three decades, but yes, that's where I've done all my schooling. And yes, uh, well over 20 years been based in Oman, yes. And yes, yeah, Peter, you're absolutely right. It is really the underdog of the Middle East. Dubai tends to yeah. suck up most of the limelight. Uh, but yes, and uh, it, rightfully so, you mentioned about uh, working with the commission of, of, in the tourism department. They tagline, they have a tagline going called Beauty Has an address and that's Omar. So mm. it's really, really so much. I mean, I, I, I could talk for days about the yeah. hidden, you know, the jewels of Omar. But here's the thing. The Northern Territory reminds me, especially uh, if you know what I'm talking about, Peter, uh, the, the Catherine Gorge and, and, and the vicinities remind me a lot of the wadis in Oman. And yes. like Oman, this is a hidden jewel. This is yeah. a hidden jewel. I would agree, and uh, you will understand this. We had a fella, now, let me get his name right, Leon. It was Andrew Cooper. From from Paramorta? Oh no 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 no! That uh, uh, Andrew Lewis. Andrew Lewis. Sorry. So we had Andrew Lewis on um, last year. Cruise. He is a British man who lived in Dubai and now lives in Darwin. And I said to him, I've said this to many people prior to him, and I'll say it to you as well. I find the similarities between Dubai and Darwin to be frightening. Now, a lot of people wouldn't be able to draw the parallel, but you know the inshallah kind of attitude that you get in Dubai? It's, <laughs> it's the same as NT time. It's, yeah, not today, not tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. We'll see how we go. It's, although they're very different to look at, the attitude and the mindset is a real similarity there. You got a point, and I worked around the Middle East, uh, Peter. Uh, I worked for the Kano Group. I don't know if you heard of that before, the franchisees mm. of Amer American Express. So, yeah. uh, work took me around the Middle East. If you thought Inshallah is bad in Dubai, <laughs> wait till you head to Qatar or Saudi, and uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it's not me saying this, it's my local mates who used to tell me, uh, you know what that means? I'm like, yes, it's, it's God willing. This no, it means, uh, Maybe never. <laughs> I used to say that to people because it used to really frustrate me when I'd set a meeting with someone and they'd say, you know, okay, we'll, we'll see you on Thursday at two, inshallah. And I'm like, no, 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 let's do it at two. Like there's no reason why that needs to change. But you just knew that as soon as they dropped that word in, it could be two, it could be three, maybe the next day, who knows. Oh sure. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I anyway. liked what you said uh, just now about uh, the tagline for Oman of uh, being beauty has an address. Because I was trying to think uh, if the NT might want to modify that one. <laughs> Very apt, yes. <laughs> yes, they are. They are partial to Middle Eastern marketing campaigns. True, true. Uh, Michael Gunner's never going to come on this podcast, Pete, now. <laughs> Not after what he just said, no. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you're here with your wife and your is she your daughter still she's five years old did you say 
she's five and she's just caught herself as uh, a younger brother. So oh, um, he's, he's, wow. he's, I think, thank you. He's 50 days old today. Right. Uh, yeah. So we have an amazing Darwin souvenir. I mean, our second miracle, uh, so, so to speak. So yes. So uh, fate has got Caleb, a younger brother to give a company now. Right, right, and right. so you, uh, and and so you are working in marketing here in Darwin, and uh, it's your own business. It is. It is a startup. It's. Yeah. Uh, I started off as a sole creator, and I do work with a few freelancers here as well. Yeah. Uh, but my wife is also working. She works at uh, CDU. Yep. Mm. Uh, not your CDU, though. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. So uh, there's a story behind that, uh, right. Leon. Uh, right. The reason why I came up with CDU is obviously I realized in a hurry that Darwin's a very different market. It isn't uh, a mass market like uh, the markets I worked in across uh, Europe, Middle East, and Asia. So uh, it, it's all about uh, networking locally. And uh, I, I didn't have a lot of money to spend into my own brand. So I had to resonate with something that was already established. So I've created down under CDU. Hmm, could work. And right. it has so far, mm. so good. Yeah. Right. Well, the logo is very impressive. I like the, uh, the, the you know the way you've got the C, the D, and the U, all exactly effectively the same alphabet, but turned on its side and turned up. So it's very cre- that is very creative. Did you come up with that? I did. Well observed, and thank you for noticing. I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so at the moment you've got a project going on. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So. Um, Amidst all the doom and gloom of the COVID-19 and we all know the seriousness uh, of the COVID-19 and uh, the repercussions the world over. But amidst all that, you know, I couldn't help but pay heed to the bits of positive news the world over. You know, uh, someone recently put a post about the pollution levels substantially going down in Wuhan Mm. and other parts of the world that have a lockdown going. And likewise, a lot of small businesses re-innovating and you know, relearning and actually not just staying afloat during these times, but thriving during these times. And I got me thinking, look, the, uh, you know, amidst all what's happening, news like this is obviously being overshadowed by uh, the news that's coming on uh, with COVID-19 every second. And that got me thinking, this definitely has to be something locally that's similar. There's got to be someone in Darwin, you know, who, who is rising up uh, like a silent hero and driving that positive vibe and impact in, 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 in the territory. And it wasn't very long. As, as a matter of fact, the same day, I think about seven hours later, a mate of mine called uh, me and told me, hey, have you heard of the restaurant that's giving out free food? You remember how you said you're looking to showcase, you know, local heroes amidst this time, you know, who, 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 who aren't thinking about panic buying, but doing the stark country or the stark opposite and, you know, stepping up and helping. And like, he's really, why would he do that? And next thing you know, we done a video of him and uh, that went a little bit viral on a few groups in Facebook. And a day and a half later, Michael Gunner uh, interviewed him, called him. And uh, before you know it, I have uh, call after call after call uh, saying, hey, would you mind coming in shooting and doing a video of us? Are we giving out free coffee? Are we giving out free sandwiches? Mm. We, we, this is what we're doing, and uh, that's how I actually got, got in touch with Darren yesterday, Darren Lynch, and uh, we done a video with him, so that's going to appear in a few days' time. And Callens is suddenly looking full. So that's really the uh, story and the rationale behind what I've got going. So that's the whole campaign uh, being called Unity, U-N-I-T-Y, with obviously NT kind of highlighted. 
And we got a little bit of a hashtag going UISD, which is unity in social distancing. So we, we all can be united. Yeah, that's the message in a nutshell. That's brilliant. I did hear um, through social media yesterday that the uh, Trailer Boat Club is doing something similar where they're, uh, I guess a lot of these places have got food in their fridges and freezers that can't sit there forever. So um, I think it's Tuesday nights, but you'd have to check that. But yeah, they're, they're essentially doing uh, food for everyone. Um, wow. Just just turn up in your car or on foot, however you want, as long as you practice social distancing, uh, gold coin donation, and, and they'll give you a, a, essentially a free feed for the night that you can take home or, or take wherever you want it to. That's you, absolutely right, Peter. Thank you for sharing that. I definitely yeah. am making note of that as we speak. Yeah. So I'll be reaching yeah. out to them because that's exactly what happened. After watching that video, three other uh, restaurants have followed suit for the right yeah. reasons, for the same reasons you mentioned. They have yeah. inventory that's going to go bad, and they're like, hey, yeah, why not? Yeah. So, yes. Well, it's funny because um, I, I was in a, I'm in a group uh, of uh, digital marketers that, you know, they sort of talk about different software that's available and different opportunities. And uh, somebody put up a message the other day saying, has anybody purchased such and such software? And, and I, I actually bought it. Um, a marketer in the US has, has released a, um, a product which is essentially to help restaurants and cafes during this time, but it could also be adopted for gyms and, uh, you know, other other businesses where they usually have their clients come in and it's essentially creating an online ordering system uh, for their websites or an online um, booking system and it was very cheap to buy and um, you know the person in this group said has anybody bought it because I'm interested to know and I said well I did buy it um, but I haven't used it yet I will and they said oh could you let me know because I'm, I'm interested in you know to see how it works and if it works and my response was, yeah, absolutely. But just so you know, since this whole thing has occurred where we're now at home 24 hours a day and kids are at home, and yeah, there's, there's been a really great opportunity to reconnect, um, you know, just on that basic level that you know, even Leon said to me yesterday, you know, like, um, although we've been podcasting so much, he, he felt like he wasn't actually speaking or seeing his kids, but they were in the same house. But there's that opportunity that we, we haven't been previously getting. And it just made me think that, you know, I know a fair bit about digital marketing. It's very simple that anybody can do. But most small business owners have no idea. And I said in this group, look, I really bought this software because I'm happy to give it away for free to these businesses if it means that they can adapt their business now at a time when they need it. You know, when they're, when they're either going to go bankrupt because they're getting no money or if they adapt their business quickly, they can, they can change, uh, you know, pivot, which is the big word everyone's using, and, and create a revenue stream that, that didn't previously exist. And, you know, they can keep it beyond when this thing goes. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you guys are the same. It just, just gives you a different mindset. I think we've just all realized how fragile this whole thing is. And it can't always be about big profits and getting new clients and charging money. And I just think at the moment that's it's things are bigger than that. Spot on, Peter. I mean, and um, thanks for sharing. If, if you if you're happy to give details pertaining to that software, I'll be happy to do a small shoot of you. Uh, you know, giving this out, and you know, yeah, sure. that'll be awesome if you could spread the word out to local restaurants and uh, you know anybody who's looking to stay afloat. 
Yeah, 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 more than happy to, more than happy to. I love that. Thank you. While you were talking there, Pete, I was just thinking about some other things that we might um, be able to share with our listeners that can help us in this uh, COVID-19 environment uh, beyond beyond the things that uh, obviously Cruz and you are doing, which are fantastic. Um, one thing that um, I, I set up on the weekend with my family, because my family's uh, in, not all in Darwin, some of them are in other parts of Australia. Um, we set, I just set up a, a WhatsApp group called Family-COVID-19. And mm. I set that up because I've got a lot of older relatives, uh, aunties and uncles, that I want to know how they're getting along. But, you know, you, you just run out of time every day to remember who to ring and, you know, find out how they're going. And so mm. I thought, oh, look, let's just set up this family group so that everybody's in there, like a huddle, and, you know, we can just exchange, uh, you know, one or two sentence comments every day, um, uh, just to make sure that everyone's okay. And I've got people uh, as young as 17, all the way the oldest is 91. Uh, wow. And it's wow. just a really great way. It's, it's kind of like, it's like, it feels like a little family virtual huddle, you know, and where you can just, you know, find out very, very quickly how everyone's going. And if there are mm. any issues, you know, we all know straight away and we don't have to run around ringing everybody up. Yeah. Yeah, mate, my cousin did exactly the same thing. Sunday night, he sent me a message saying, I've set up a, a family group for everyone. Um, join if you want to. Um, and, you know, it's weird because I'm probably 100 kilometres away from most of them, but there's no chance I would have seen them. And, and yet now I'm finding out about cousins I didn't know I had and new, new babies and my, one of my oldest cousins who's the grumpy bugger of the family he's showing all these pictures of these birds that he feeds every day because he's at home and they fly onto his back porch and it's just yeah you're just amazing how, how you keep in touch at times like this it is it is I had a birthday I had a birthday uh a few days ago and obviously the the poor fella, he couldn't uh, have his friends over for the party, for a party or anything like that. So we just had it at home, just the family. It felt like a, a normal family dinner in some respects. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we had a cake and uh, I pulled out the, the camera and took a, a video of us singing happy birthday and, and then posted it on, into the family group. And normally, yeah. you know, on his birthday, his grandmother and a couple of aunties and uncles would, would ring up and wish him happy birthday. He had a cast yeah. of thousands ringing him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's so, brilliant. You know, it's, it's, it's the same year as well, Leon and Peter. You know, uh, just yesterday, uh, a business called Delicious Darwin, it's a, it's a small startup uh, home baking registered business, that came up with a uh, toilet paper cake. And I think uh, we've we done a shoot <laughs> for them. And it, 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 it's, it's on my Facebook and LinkedIn. And I think two hours within posting that, they had three orders. And that's kind of going viral, word of mouth right now. That's and I don't know how they're going to be able to cube. And like yourself, Leon, you know, uh, I don't know about you and Peter, but I come from a huge family in, in South India. Yeah. So my, my, my mom comes from a family of 12 brothers and sisters. 
and my dad, 10 brothers and sisters. So my brother, who's based in Oman, he's, he's got his own event management business there. He's setting up a Zoom conference call. I'm not going to tell you the number. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's cause paying for gonna the pay. unlimited account. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so. Otherwise, there's going to be a good 20 of them waiting. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a good case study for Zoom to look into. Yeah, uh, after yeah. today's call with them. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's interesting how technology is really, you know, being utilized across the world. So how can people Sorry. find you, uh, uh, Cruz? How do people find you online? It's, it's interesting, you know. Uh, what I'm going to say is going to be so, so, uh, I think, ambiguous as well as uh, counterintuitive. As a marketing guy, what worked really well for me in Darwin is not having a website. Uh, I, know, I know Peter is going to want to punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reaching out as we speak. <laughs> I promise to give you the opportunity once uh, the COVID-19 is done. But what happened was, you know, when I came from Dubai and uh, the NCI used to work for Peter, uh, also done work for Pepsi, uh, because we co-load with Impact, BBDO, and even uh, Sati and Sati and JWT when the opportunity presents itself. So when I put up those clients, I did have web. People were like, oh, good heavens, this guy's going to charge an arm and leg and nobody uh-huh. called me. Yeah. And when I started reaching out to the schools and small businesses here, uh, instantly, when people spoke about me, like, ah, the brown guy, well, I think he's more a small business consultant. So I got pigeonholed. And yeah. the second I brought the website down is the second I started getting more calls. And the next thing you know, wow. I'm doing a few government clients, all because I don't have a website. So, so yeah, it, it, currently people are reaching out to me on LinkedIn early on to answer your question. Uh, but they could, they could send me an email on cruise at creativedownunder.com. Oh my, text me on my mobile, which is 0458-685-844. Wow. Mm, it, it, it is funny because, <laughs> you know, as a, as a guy who says, if you're going to start a business, the first thing you need is a website if you're going to get online. I, I actually do understand exactly where you're coming from. And again, it's, it's weird how people make assumptions based on whether it's the quality of your site, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but yeah, good on you. If that's what works for you, then, then who are we to tell you otherwise? And what about the Unity, um, Unity page? Is that on Facebook, Cruz? Yes, yeah, so that, like I mentioned, started off as, uh, to be very honest, I hadn't thought things through. I was just excited that there's so much of uh, reinvention, relearning happening in the world over and, you know, to see what, what, what's happening in Darwin. And I just had a, in a semi-professional camera, picked it up, made a call, and it's just growing organically from there. So now we're actually looking at putting a separate LinkedIn page, a separate uh, uh, Facebook page, and having, I've just spoken to somebody yesterday who's interested in making that an official series of, you know, talking to anybody. It could be a sole business trader. It could be uh, a, a small business, anybody who's reinventing, you know, if they could share a snippet of uh, how they are reinventing, not just to stay afloat and pivot, but thrive in these times that is going to be of interest to everybody in NT and even, even, even beyond. So, yeah, that's taking shape as we speak, actually. I'll be having a meeting shortly after this uh, podcast. Awesome. Um, I've just got a message, Pete, uh, on Zoom. Yeah, I just me saw a- it. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe what we ought to do is um, give Cruz an opportunity to ask us questions for his video uh, in the yep. little time that we've got left, and then we'll, we'll close off. Yeah, or, or the other option is we can close this out and then just open a new link, which he can have the whole thing for. Okay, all right. Are you good with that, Chris? 
I'm happy with either. I'm happy for you to record and send that to me. No dramas. So if you want to keep going, uh, because I know you gentlemen are amidst a demanding schedule, though you're not based in your respective houses. So if you'd like to, if you're happy to keep, give this a go, I'll just ask a couple of questions and uh, we'll be done with it. Is that okay? okay. Yeah. Can you, can you get them out in nine minutes? <laughs> lesser. I <laughs> promise lesser. Because right. I've, been, I, I've been pushing clients to do 30 second videos. So ah, uh, pre no pressure. I mean, yeah. So cool. So you gentlemen, obviously legends in Darwin. I mean, uh, it wasn't long before I could, you know, find Leon on LinkedIn and, and, and same with you, Peter. So you have obviously been subject to and a witness to a lot of businesses and business landscape on a whole in Darwin and the wider NT. Do any stand out in amidst this current ecosystem who are thriving, you know, and if you could share snippets of what they're doing that all of us uh, across could follow. Hit it, Leon. I know, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think right now. Uh, Whittles? Thriving. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, Pete, Peter's, got a, Pete's got a problem with whittles right now. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, no, if, if, you if you gentlemen are happy, you can do the recording later as well. I mean, just, just, just let me know. Hey, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to, to think what, 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 uh, what businesses are thriving. Look, to be quite honest with you, uh, it's hard to know, Cruz, because we were just slammed with this last week. Right. I mean, our firm, for example, has only just gone um, well from as of Friday last week, we're all working from home. And so sure. our, our um, immediate um, imperative was to ensure we closed out the month, uh, finished all the work that we could do in that month and invoiced it so that we kept our firm in a strong financial position to be able to weather out the storm. Mm. Um, that hasn't given us the luxury of being able to to go out and find out what other firms, you know, or what other businesses are doing. Um, we obviously have been in touch with our clients, uh, you know, in the course of doing work. And I have, um, one thing I've found, I guess, that is uh, perhaps remarkable is that it seems to be business as usual. Notwithstanding what's happening, people are out there building houses still. I spoke to my neighbor who is a builder and he's on site with six other people. I think that's the maximum you can have. Um, uh, continue to work. Um, uh, just thinking through. Uh, yeah, look, we haven't, we haven't noticed any material change in the way people are doing in the, in the way people are doing business other than the fact that they're doing business differently through the social isolation. The, the, the thing I would add to that is that, yeah, the, the short answer is when you ask that question, I can't think of a single business that I know of who is thriving as a result of this situation. But what I would say is that it's been really encouraging to me to watch a lot of businesses quickly adapt in an environment that even two weeks ago they would never have thought was possible. And Ward Keller is an example of that. Every staff member is now working from home, whether they're a lawyer, whether they're an article clerk, whether they're a secretary, whether they're a, an assistant of some description. So if you'd ask mainstream law firms whether they could have every staff member working at home a month ago, they would have laughed at you and said, mate, not possible. The, the other thing that I would say is that what's interested me, and, and I alluded to it before with my own attitude 
is how people have become instantly giving uh, in a business sense and in a personal sense. And, you know, like I'm, I'm probably a, a good example of that. I am affected directly by this situation financially, massively. But it's not stopping me from thinking about other businesses who simply can't trade right now or can't do what they would ordinarily do, albeit differently, because they don't have an online presence or their online presence is not set up to take orders or it's not set up to, you know, do whatever it is they need to do. So I, I, th- I think that's the thing that has really been highlighted to me is people's willingness to give a hand to whoever it is, you know, small, medium or large. People are not minding doing that right now and they're not thinking about, oh, is this person taking advantage of me? We're just assuming that everybody's got their head screwed on the same way and everybody's doing it for the, for the greater good of everybody else. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's amazing. Now, well summed up, Peter. I really appreciate that. Thank you. No worries. Any other questions or is that all you're good with that? Uh, 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 I'm sensitive to Peter's nine-minute window, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, We've well, got that, three minutes 50 left, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so what got you both uh, to, to start the Territory Story podcast? Oh, that's always a good story. Uh, we, I've been listening to podcasts for over 10 years. I, 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 I believe I was listening to podcasts before podcasts were even a thing. Um, and I, and I love them. That's where, that's where I consume probably 90% of my knowledge. Now, um, I listen to them at night in particular. I listen to them on the way to work, on the way home. Um, and I voraciously consume information that way. At one point I started to feel like, you know, wouldn't it be great to do a podcast, but I had no idea how to do it. And that was a big obstacle for me. Then along came uh, a fellow called Peter Kafkas, who is, uh, we, we fondly refer to as the professor, and his partner in crime, who is uh, on, the other, uh, on, the, on the line right now. And uh, the two of them together introduced me to, a, to a, a, an application called Anchor. And that was it. I grabbed it. Um, I said to Peter, Peter Gowers, I said, look, do you want to do the podcast, a podcast with me? Let's do it on the territory. The government was uh, promoting, ter- uh, you know, boundless possible. And so we, we grabbed that as our moniker for a while and ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And, and, and uh, sorry. I was going to say, so my, my background is commercial radio. Um, I've done various other things along the way, but um, I left the business probably a decade or so ago now. And if I'm brutally honest with you and and with Leon, I I sort of still have that um, enjoyment of performing in some way, shape or form. So um, I guess this podcast gave us a platform so that, uh, you know, we, we could... Uh, record something we get people in we have great conversations about the northern territory and the people within it or people connected to it um i get to make the odd joke along the way and sometimes they laugh which is a benefit um but we're 60 plus episodes in now and what it's taught us is that you know similar to something you said before 
about why people come to the Territory. And sometimes it's not why they come, but the story is almost always the same as to why they stay. And, oh. and that, that sums up the Northern Territory and, and you know, Darwin and, and, and all of the, the towns and cities of the Territory. Jeez, you should be working in anti-terrorism. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it's funny. Brilliant. Yeah, we we Leon touched on the boundless possible. We we were actually called boundless possible for the first twelve months, but um, we we thought we were doing a good thing for the territory. But it it, it seems that um, those in in power probably thought something slightly different. No, I think yeah. they thought that. No, I think to be fair to them, they did think that we were doing a good thing. They just didn't want it to look like it was coming from them, which is fair mm. enough. Uh, you know, I've got no problems at all with that. You know, ultimately, what drives this podcast and what makes it really successful is the fact that we tell stories. Uh, you know, and that's mm. where our focus has always been. You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. For more episodes, search Territory Story Podcast on all leading podcasting platforms. The Territory Story Podcast, thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.